1: NY or text Hope NY in New York.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. And uh, my guest, once again, because uh, I like having this young man on, I think he does a hell of a job covering recruiting, et cetera, for lettermanrow.com and on3.com, Matt Parker. Matt Parker, welcome back to the Tim May Show in the uh, much, much coveted co-pilot seat.
3: Tim, thank you for having me once again. I uh, I get a little comfortable on the show talking with you. It's yeah, a no, good
2: time. Appreciate it, man. By the way, hold up your cup, man, ladies and gentlemen. Hold <laughs> up your cup so everybody can see it. There you go. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Um, by the way, today is May the 2nd, at least when this uh, podcast drops. Yesterday was what? Yesterday was May the 1st, which is May Day. Too bad it didn't come out on May the 1st. Tim Mays, the Tim May show on May Day. By the way, I've told Ryan Day, he and I are going to have a podcast in about 20 years when he's done coaching. It'll be the May Day podcast. And he said, no, it'll probably be Day May. And I I agreed with him on that one. But but I digress. Uh, Boy, I really like my guest that I've got on this show other than Matt Parker today, the person sitting in first class right behind us, uh, Monica Daniels, the mother of... uh, Paris Johnson, Jr., uh, who just went in the number six overall pick in the National Football League draft, 2023. He followed uh, his friend, C.J. Stroud, the number two pick, uh, who uh, went to the Houston Texans. Paris Johnson, Jr. went to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, later in the first round, Jackson Smith and Jigbo went to the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, just like that, their college careers are done. Seem seemed like they just walked in yesterday or – day before yesterday, doesn't it, Matt? But uh, boom, they're done. They're gone. And, of course, uh, three other guys were drafted after that. Zach Harrison went in the uh, third round to the Atlanta Falcons. Dwan Jones went in the fourth round to the Cleveland Browns. And Luke Whippler kind of a real upset in the bad way. Luke Whippler dropped all the way to the sixth round, the center from Ohio State, who left early, uh, went in the sixth round to the Cleveland Browns. No other Buckeyes were drafted. But it does seem like for all these guys, they're – their college careers just started yesterday, doesn't it, Matt?
3: Yeah, it feels like uh, C.J. Stroud was making his first start on the road. Uh, well, actually, his his first start did uh, – was it against Minnesota? Yeah, it was against been, Minnesota on the road. It, it's been a long, long couple of days for By me. By
2: halftime, people were calling for Kyle McCord to replace him. Kyle
3: McCord, That's
2: right. who is in a battle with uh, Devin Brown for the starting quarterback job now, finally, at Ohio State. But we both digressed. Now, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I just remember watching CJ and I'm being like, all right, you know what? It's it's the first time where, you know, it's just first game on the road, conference game. And uh, there's also Travion Henderson's coming out party, too. So Yeah, and mine Williams for that matter. Yeah, so that was, it's hard to believe that that was almost two years ago. So, but now, now they're going to be making millions upon millions of dollars in the National Football League, uh, representing Ohio State. Once again in the NFL, so it was uh, pretty cool. It's always pretty yeah. cool to see guys that you have relationships with and you want them to do well and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and that's why I brought uh, Monica Daniels on. She's been on my podcast, aka show, before, but uh, you know, a delightful. Uh, she's still a young lady, at least as far as I'm concerned, considering what I am. Uh, delightful lady, uh, and quite the lady, by the way. Uh, the mother of uh, Paris Johnson Jr., and uh, she was there in Kansas City with her husband Mike Daniels and his uh, her daughter Sydney and and uh, Paris Johnson Jr.'s girlfriend, and uh, they enjoyed all that. flew basically first class, if that's what you call it, on a private plane. Maybe it's Uber class to uh, Arizona after he was picked. Uh, spent a few days in Arizona and came back, and she just gives us uh, just a little bit of insight on what it was like but also what it's been like over the last 20 or so years raising this young man. Who's one of the more delightful young men, uh, that I've covered at Ohio state for all kinds of reasons. And depth to this man is, is quite extraordinary Paris Johnson, Jr. And, uh, we talk about a lot of things, uh, leading up to that. and, And, uh, the things that made Paris Johnson, Jr. Not only what he became on draft night, but what he's become as a young man. And, uh, he is quite the impressive young man, isn't he, Matt?
3: Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, like I said, it's just really cool to to see these guys that you've built up relationships with, and, um, you know, it's more success, more roads to success for guys who are just great on and off the field. So yeah. it, it is very cool.
2: And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, what the reason Matt Parker is my co-pilot is we're going to talk about, you know, just. It seemed like only yesterday these these guys were showing up at Ohio State and now they're gone. Uh, Matt's involved, very much involved with who's coming next to Ohio State and uh, who is already committed, et cetera. And, uh, you know, even in the transfer portal, uh, obviously Andy Backstrom and uh, Spencer Holbrook keep up with that stuff too for LettermanRow.com, especially Spencer. But uh, we're going to talk about a few of those things uh, after I get back, after we get back. For my conversation with Monica Daniels. So, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Monica Daniels. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, an encore uh, <laughs> appearance by Monica Daniels on the, well, it used to be the Tim May podcast. Now it's the Tim mm-hmm. May show. Monica, welcome back. Uh, no, I think Thank you've you couldn't. Gotten- I think you've gotten rid of that uh, that hint, that scent of uh, Kansas City barbecue, but wow, <laughs> what a weekend you had, or really, what an what a end of the week you had this past week, right?
4: Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, just a wonderful experience. It truly exceeded my expectations, so I didn't really know what to expect when we arrived in Kansas City on Tuesday, um, and then we, we just got back. Um, my days are all running together. Yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, we got back Saturday night from Arizona. And it's been such a wonderful experience. I, I don't even have the words to describe everything we experienced and felt. Um, we're just blessed and it, it felt very surreal.
2: Hey, hey, as a mother, uh, the mother of Paris Johnson Jr., the <laughs> number six pick in the overall overall in the twenty twenty three draft to the Arizona Cardinals. Did you spend any time out in Arizona after y'all got out there, flew out there uh in a what a little private jet right uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, but did you at any <laughs> yes. time trying to help him find a place to live or is that you know what i mean did you did you throw the mom aspect in there May, from monica to mamica mm-hmm. go ahead
4: yeah so i did share with paris that it would make sense for him to live within a 10 minute radius of the facility because that would be his home away from home and so he agreed so we're actually going to hit the ground running tomorrow um and start looking at places virtually for pairs just something small um not overwhelming that's close to the facility so he can keep the main thing the main thing because he knows he has to hit the ground running um as soon as he gets there because he has you know huge shoes to feel so um so we'll get started with that tomorrow just looking for a little small place that's close to the facility
2: no oh, man, this your son six foot six or something, and <laughs> three ten. He needs a medium place. At least get him a medium <laughs> place. Uh, hey, by the way, where is their facility? I don't even know. Do you know where their facility is? I don't,
4: yes, uh, the facility is located in Tempe, Arizona. Oh yeah, it's it's like Tempe. In the East That's why Valley area. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. They go. They literally go twenty five miles to go play their games over in the uh, Glendale. They State. do. Yeah. It's about yeah. a
4: good forty five to fifty minute drive um, from to the stadium.
2: Yes. Yeah, believe me, I've made that drive many times. Uh, covering <laughs> Ohio State, you know they were in the Fiesta Bowl forever, the it Bowl. seemed like. But uh, but just real quick, uh, before we move on from that, I'm just wondering: do, do they uh, does a does an NFL team? I should know this, but does an NFL team provide a service to help him find a place to live? How does that work? I mean, can you can you take advantage of those kind of things? Go ahead.
4: Yes, absolutely. So every NFL team has um, a player engagement um, individual that works with um the boys well i should say young men (laughs) work that work with the work with the young men um within a ball club that works with him and the family sort of as a liaison um to help with making transition um to give your listeners and your your viewers um an example is like cj barnett so every ball club has a cj barnett so our cj barnett the 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 gentleman's name is Josh and Josh is our point of contact that will work with me and Paris with kind of giving suggestions on what's needed when you're making the transition from housing to cars, utility companies, what utility companies you need to call to turn utilities on, um, just basic things where, you know, the closest grocery store. So anything that basic questions that we need answered, he's our go-to person. So he's our, you know, CJ Barnett
2: yeah and cj martin ladies and gentlemen if if you don't know is basically uh the player liaison at ohio state football and this is one of one of ryan day's right hand men (laughs) he's got a lot of right hand men you know he
4: does he does
2: but he keeps in touch and boy he's boy he does an excellent job uh well then hey real quick past uh one more quick thing on that regard uh does uh does Paris have his own car will he drive it out there or will he just purchase something new out there with when he send, when he gets his signing bonus
4: Yeah, so Paris he he, he doesn't have a car so um he's looking to we're, we're having those conversations right now there's a couple of car dealerships that's in the area that would like to do a special deal with Paris so we're we're minute, things you. out right now
2: talking about an NIL
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's got it in spades now. It's uh it's, Yes. That's crazy. Uh, All right, let's get, let's get, let's get down to it. You've raised, the old saying goes, you've raised him since he was zero. Uh,
4: Yes.
2: (laughs) uh, You know, he, he stated his hopes and dreams when he was like five, six and seven years old. Uh, And you're going, okay. I mean, you're, you know, you, you and I, we talked about a lot of this on the, the, your previous appearance on this podcast. Uh, But man, to see him grow, into that into that guy that uh, walked onto the stage the other night in Kansas City. Yeah. Let's just get back to this. When did it become apparent to you as a parent <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh you know this young man isn't just blowing smoke, he's going to grow into what he wants to be? When did it become apparent to you that that his hopes and dreams were real and the guidance really kind of ramped up from there, I would think. But go ahead.
4: Well, i knew that it was going to be realized for paris i would say when he was in high school um so during his high school his freshman year um he received one offer his fr- his freshman year to, to play division 1 football and that's when i knew like wow like he's truly gifted like i knew he was gifted but it was confirming when he received his first offer to play division 1 football and then all of a sudden the ranking started coming out and Um, and to see Paris begin to grow in his position, um, I knew then that this was really real and we were headed in the right direction because others started to see what I saw and he just started growing and developing into a really great student athlete.
2: Monica, you were a single mother at that point, right? Um, yes. uh, Paris and his, what, his sister, right? Yes. uh, My daughter, Sydney. Yeah, your daughter Sydney. Uh uh boy uh, that was a great shot of you guys sitting there yeah. in Kansas City. I sent you a screen grab of it. I thought it you was did. cool, along with I think Paris his parents' girlfriend, right? And uh
4: yes, Miss Anna. She's a sweetheart.
2: Yeah, and your husband, uh, Mike Daniel, sitting there. Yes. But when you you were you were a single mother then, you, without getting too in-depth, well, you can. i you know, it's a podcast. How much sacrifice yeah. did you make from a financial situation and everything else? To, to further uh, Paris' mm-hmm. dream when it re- became very
4: real? When it became really real for our family, and I knew that Paris was going to need um, certain um, resources to help him to become the athlete you see today, and that takes money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that takes a lot of money. And so what we decided to do as a family was to just be all in on it and so um, recently Pear started sharing some of our, our story, our family story most recently. Um, and so some of those things that I had to do was that I, I left my job. Um, I left a four paying jobs. Some folks may not know that my background is that I'm a um, high school college um, I could, a high school college counselor. Yeah. Um, and so I've been in education my entire career. So education is very important to me. And so I decided that I was going to put my career on hold so I can help Paris realize his because um, I could not limit Paris to between certain hours of my uh, outside of my work day. He needed more resources and he needed more hours. And so we decided as a family, I was gonna take a leap of faith. I believed in Paris and his ability um, after we prayed about it. I then um, just, I left my job and I just used everything in my savings, 401k, to be able to support us as a family and to also be able to support Paris's dreams financially. And also Sydney, I could talk about Sydney a little bit later, but um, Sydney is equally as gifted as Paris. Um, She's on a performing art, modeling, um, acting side of things. And so to be able to support both the children, they they needed a full-time parent to be able to do so. And so I'm just very grateful that I had a savings, that I had a 401K and I was able to utilize those resources to support Paris. And then um, going into Paris' senior year of high school, um, Paris had to transfer from um, a private high school to a public school because the private school would not allow Paris to early enroll into Ohio State. Um, he would have had to spend the entire um, senior year with them, um, even though he met all the graduation requirements. They still would not allow him to leave. And right. so they recommended that Paris Rose in a public school. But if anyone knows um, the rules in OSHA, um, Ohio State, um, the governing body for Ohio State student athletes, um, I had to move. So in order for Paris to be able to have a senior season to play senior football um, at his next school, I had to move. Um, That may sound a little silly, um, but I had to to move. And so um, in order to do so, I had to sell my home. And so I sold my home. Um, We moved into, we went from like a 2,800 square foot home to like a a 1,300 square foot apartment Um, so Paris can have a senior year of high school football. So that may sound silly, like, okay, the lady sold her home so her son can play high school football. Um, But I believed in Paris's dream and I knew he needed that additional semester and season of development to help him make the transition to Ohio State. And so I I did it. So I I sold my home, um, moved into the apartment um, to be able to help Paris realize his goal.
2: Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, believe it, what he was going to he was going to xavier right and uh in Xavier Xavier high school Saint Xavier mm-hmm. high school in cincinnati and transferred to cincinnati princeton correct yes right up there off of uh been by it a million times up there off of i 75 <laughs> yes
4: absolutely <laughs> and,
2: uh, yes hey were you 10 minutes did you get a department 10 minutes close to the facility
4: <laughs> I, I i i sure did <laughs> over
2: there by costco or where was it oh no i'm just messing right yeah uh, but uh boy monica that is that is a leap of faith. It's, it's also, I don't know, but it's a, it's a, it's a calculated leap because you could see, like you said, you were getting, you weren't just listening to anybody. Like, you know, you were listening to guys like Willie Anderson, I would think, and yes. and people who knew that your son wasn't just a big guy who happened to be lording yes. over little bitty guys on the high school football field. He, he had some punch to him, so to speak, but uh, man, to get to this moment without, super serious injury you you oh. you just got to be breathing relief all the time right
4: absolutely just blessed you know i'm i'm just we're just extremely blessed we're very grateful that god has blessed paris with an amazing ability and and talent and that paris is able to take that talent to the next level and to bless other people by it and so i'm i'm just I'm I'm grateful that I you know where we are and that I'm grateful you know that we took a leap of faith and we we trusted on we actually we we decided we were going to bet on ourselves. Yeah. And and the and the worst thing it could be is that I was wrong and guess what I'll just go buy another house. Yeah. So <laughs> so just grateful that where we are today. But yeah. but, but I sport, all over again.
2: Yeah. But but as I pointed out in the story of the day of the draft uh, on littlemanroad.com uh, you know Along the way, uh, you know, I remember, you know, you and I last when you were on here, uh, we were talking about the 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 start of the Paris Johnson Jr. Foundation. Yes. I mean, to help, you know, basically like when he was playing in high school football sometimes, he played a team one time where all the kids didn't have pads and stuff. And they had to yes. if one of them came sure. off, the other one had to put on his pads, and just it just got to this young man, uh, Parish Johnson Jr. so much that I mean, this wasn't just a uh Yes, it was a leap of faith and it was putting all your cards, uh, all your cards on the table, so to speak. But it wasn't a selfish deal because along the way yeah. he started a fantastic yeah. foundation, which you helped run and, you know, been a part yeah. of since day one. Matter of fact, you, you, you're the motivation uh, behind it from the standpoint of getting people involved and stuff. And uh, yeah. so that puts him in another realm for me. I mean, yes. you know, obviously he won a major award for his work with his foundation this past year. It was uh, decided on by the Football Writers Association of America, but especially for the yes. stuff he's done for veterans, uh, veterans, uh, young people who need help with uh yes. with uh, with football equipment, etc., and the homeless. Yes. I go, well, that's about a drag net, <laughs> you know. I mean, uh, so ex- explain once again to folks who don't know about Paris Johnson Jr. What motivates what where did that come from?
4: Well, um, Paris. Motivation. Is, he, yeah. he he has a he has a heart for others, and Paris doesn't like for people to hurt. And so yeah. he wants to use his platform to be able to speak for those that can't speak for themselves. Um, and he just wants to be able to bless other people. And Paris understands what the sacrifices that were made financially for him to be where he is today. And so he knows that that training and and traveling and camps and equipment none of that stuff is free um and so he understands that and so he's Paris is well aware of the money that was spent for him to be where he is and he doesn't want another amazing talented young man or young lady to not be able to compete at the next level or get a shot at the next level because of resources yeah and And he also understands that some parents may not have anything to give or give up um, to be able to sacrifice for their child. And so he said, okay, I don't want another child or to not have an opportunity because of money. And that we don't want it to be because of money that somebody can't do something that they love to do. And so, and because of that, that's why Paris created the foundation. And then also to Paris um feels that our veterans are not being taken care of the way that they should and that we as as a country we need to do a better job of taking care of the men and women that have served our country we're free today because of them like tim you and i can have this conversation on this podcast and not worry about if we're safe yeah. because we have someone we have someone that is currently covering us and taking care of us and then we've had great men and women before us that have paved the way and so that's why paris uses his platform a to be able to help other athletes and b to remind us that we need to do a better job of taking care of people that have taken care of us and that's and that's covering our country right now yeah it's
2: interesting man i mean i i just uh it's, uh, I'm going to bring this up and we'll, we'll move on. I mean, you mentioned his father uh, uh, was, was drafted up, uh, you know, by the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. way back when, you know, and it was the yes. irony of that and even, and even yeah. reflected on that the night before the draft, I think, you know, just about, wow, you know, and uh, the irony of that happening. And then, you know, and, uh, and uh, basically his father hasn't been in his life for many, many years, as you well know and stuff. And, uh, but it just, do you think that, that has helped drive him to be the person he is the caring person he is to 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 have i don't know oh, to have oh, care ab- for ab- other people
4: absolutely um because paris again he doesn't like for people to hurt that's just how he's built how he's how he is created yeah. um and and his his dad has been in and out of both paris and my daughter sydney's life for years kind of in and out in and out um but he hasn't been involved um I wanna say at least over five years at this point, I think five years, maybe four, but I think it's five, um, that he he hasn't been um, involved in, in the children's life. Um, and Paris and Sydney both are very loving people, very forgiving people. Um, and so again, they decided we're gonna use this, you know, this situation as a way of being kind to others. Yeah. making sure we treat people the way we want to want to be treated and i'm very grateful for for mike because now paris is around a great man that knows how to treat and how to care for me how to treat and how to care for sydney so he has a great example by, beside him on how that should be handled and i'm also very blessed too that paris has been around great men along the way. So when there were moments where his dad wasn't present, I feel that God did an amazing job by by putting great men, his high school coaches, um, Willie Anderson, his uncles. And so Paris has been blessed to be around great men um, that knows how to be responsible, that knows how to provide and protect the family. And so in Paris is very passionate about again, about being kind, about being generous and being totally opposite of what he has seen with his biological father.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about Paris is uh, when I was asking him about about the, all the stuff he's done off the field and stuff, and he I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because he didn't say okay. this exactly, but he, he basically said, make no mistake, football, the attention that football has garnered for me and my ability to play it is why – a lot of this stuff has has come, you know, has come his way. Yes. and and yes. and yet, and yet, he has taken advantage. He has exploited that in the right way. You you follow me? And, yes. Uh, I, yes, I yes. I just, I just think that's so deep for a guy, for a young man, to understand exactly why he gets eyes on him, and yes. uh, and into merit having eyes on him. You know, uh, and uh, yes. and having people trust him. I mean, when you give money to the Paris Johnson Jr. Foundation. You know, you're trusting for it to go to the right places, the right people, Absolutely. Right? the right causes and stuff. And uh, that doesn't just, you know, happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You have to prove yourself. And I'm, I'm uh, that's the part that he understands what he's about, doesn't he? I mean, it's, uh, yes. I know I'm kind yeah. of answering my question while I'm as- asking. He <laughs> does understand what he's all about, right? I mean, that's no. interesting.
4: You're you're absolutely right, and I've been very intentional with having these types of conversations with both Paris and Sydney about what what you're what you're touching on, because first of all, we believe in our family that God gives us gifts for other people, yeah. and you're supposed to use your gift to be able to bless other people. Either it's through giving, it's through um, bringing awareness, um, and our hope is is that Paris and others. That have a have a, a, a big platform or a national platform or on a grand stage, use their their stage to bring awareness to an amazing cause. It can be yeah. about helping athletes. It can be about helping veterans. Maybe it's about helping someone that's struggling with dementia, or um, helping someone that is maybe the deaf mute community. But finding what your what um, community you're supposed to bring awareness to that's what we're trying to make sure that we share with others. Um, I, I'm Paris and Sydney, ever since they can remember they've I've taught them to give. So I worked on giving with them and doing community service as, as when they were three years old, because I feel at three, you have a sense of your surroundings and you should be able to have social awareness even at three. So I remember one Christmas, um, Sydney was three years old. And we were at church and our church wanted to, um, they wanted us to bring toys instead of giving toys to each other. They wanted us to bring toys to the church so we can go into the rural community and our inner city community and take toys. And so I challenged um, Sydney. I said, what's the one thing you want for for Christmas? And so Sydney wanted some special little like tricycle bike, maybe the Door Explorer. I think it was Door Explorer. She loved Door Explorer. Yeah. And so she wanted that. And so I took her to the store and we purchased it for someone else. And Sydney was like, wait a minute. I thought, you asked me what I wanted for Christmas. Why are we buying something for someone else, a gift that I want? And I used it as a teachable moment to say, yes, you can have these things, but before you can appreciate it, you need to bless someone else with it. So that way you have a greater appreciation for the very thing you're asking for because you are treated different. So I've been very intentional with the kids about giving, about using their gifts for other people. So it beca- it's natural for Paris, it's natural for Sydney because they've been doing it at such an early age because I learned in church, when you give, it comes back to you 10 times. And so I'm, I'm big on giving about being kind because it, it comes back.
2: When Paris got, you know, basically got that award this past year, but then also, you know, he's been act, you know, all Big Ten academic, you know, and, and, uh, uh, scholar, athlete, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, this sounds manby, pamby, almost like a, uh, you know, a, 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 uh, I don't know, a made for TV kind of
4: special. (laughs) Like a, like a, like a Hallmark movie or something. Yeah. There you
2: go. Hallmark. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, uh, but, what do you are? What of that stuff are you most proud? of? I mean, obviously, you're proud of him fulfilling his dream of being a football player and going. Yeah. He's in the National Football League now. You know, I mean, uh, yes. uh it's it's downhill from here. No, I'm just joking. But <laughs> uh, but what of those things are you most? I don't know. Proud? Of? You're probably proud of all of it. So I'm once again I'm asking a roundabout question. But yeah. which one just shows you that? Proved to you that that he's the real deal. You know what I mean? His mom, I mean, uh, that yeah. uh, he's not just talking the talk. I mean, what of those accomplishments kind of prove that to you?
4: I would say for me is, you know, um, the parents' education. Again, I'm an educator. Right. I was the first one in my family to go to college. So I'm first generation. And so I have pushed my children to get their degree um, at, that's important to me. So I would say that one of the things that I'm I'm so excited about that I sh- I shout from the rooftops more so than Paris' football accolades is that he has his degree from Ohio State in and under three he did it, in under three in under three under three years he did it in two years and eleven months. Um, he has his degree, and that makes me feel good as a mom because now we have more people in our family that has a college degree because um, my grandmother didn't, gra- my grandmother didn't graduate from high school. My mom graduated from high school. My father did. But so for me to say that I have a degree and I actually have a advanced degree, Paris is now a college graduate. Sydney is going to college here at Ohio State in the fall. I'm so grateful for my son to have walked away with his degree because there's so many athletes that leave for the NFL early. And They're doing great, they're successful, but they didn't finish. So I'm just grateful that Paris was able to walk away with a degree before he embarked upon preparing for the NFL. So that's one. The other thing that touches my heart is when individuals contact me and tell me that Paris did something special for them that I didn't even know anything about. And that does my heart good. It's just my heart just fills up with so much joy for someone to call a mom, like anyone's a parent loves to hear great things about their kid. Like, your kid did this, your kid did that, and it has nothing to do with football. And it's like, wow, God, you're just so amazing. And and sometimes I pinch myself, like, okay, I must have been a really good kid growing up that God blessed me with two good kids. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <So. laughs> it's in the jeans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you brought it up. You brought it up about walking. Uh, the shoes that he has left behind are huge. Uh, at Ohio State, in my opinion. Uh, uh, but, but when you're sitting there in the crowd, I'm not sure exactly where you and – well, no, y'all were sitting in the ready room, the green room, whatever they call it. Yes, um, the green room. The yes. the nerves, everybody is sweating profusely, room. Is my name going to get called? <laughs> well, Levis, right? Uh, I, uh, know. I know. But – I know. But you're sitting there, and instead of having to sit there for 32 picks – six picks in, Arizona trades up to get your son, which means they really wanted him desperately. But when that happens, give people an idea for a mom who's watched him grow up, like I said, from zero. Do you you get like just the the flashback of everything, that little bitty guy growing up to this big guy? What is it like when it actually happens?
4: When it actually happens, I start I thought about the very first day he um signed up for football and he I had to help him put his helmet on and help him <laughs> with his chin strap. <laughs> I, I thought about that and I, and I also thought about how God has blessed us these last sixteen years. Like it took sixteen years to get to this place, but it but yet it felt like it just he just started playing football yesterday, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. Um I just had so much gratitude and appreciation and also too, I thought it's because of the good Lord we're here. It's because the good Lord put people in Paris's life to help him get to this place. Like he didn't do it all by himself Yeah. and and it is just taking it, you know, just taking it all in and just, just so happy. I mean, just so happy and to say, okay, God, we trusted you, we, we bet on ourselves and look, look where we are, like, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh, a young man who's living life to the fullest, in my opinion, and uh, not frivolous, not frivolously, frivolously. Yes. That's hard for me to say, <laughs> frivolously. Uh, uh, you, That's, that's just got to be, I mean, I'm, you know, people are going, oh, boy, the boy, Tim sure is gushing. Yeah, I am gushing. This is, a, this is a special young man. Uh, with a special I, I mom. I think and, so uh, too. Thank and, you. And uh, you know, you and I've talked many times, and I'm just I'm just so proud of you guys just to to get Thank to this you. moment. And yeah, I mean, he's got a career in front of him. It may last five minutes, it may last 15 years, it may last 30 yes. years. You never know, but uh he has gotten to that moment uh that he dreamed about low those many years as a as a little bitty kid and the sacrifices yes. y'all went through to get him there, and yet the sacrifices he does to help others kind of get to their dreams, just like you do. I mean, yes, I could go on and on. It is a Hallmark movie, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is. It really is. But if you could just keep those guys off Kyler Murray's back, you know, <laughs> yes. Yes. Monica. yes. Monica, I really appreciate it. Uh, Hey, real quick before we go, anything else about that, about the trip that just, as you, as you think back on it now, boy, that was really special. I never got to experience that before, you know, uh, Anything stand out about that the the the, the uh, Odyssey you guys went on over like five days?
4: Wow, I, you know what? I'm still processing everything. Like I'm still reflecting and still taking it all in. One of the things that I would I would say that I really enjoyed the most was meeting the other parents. So it was great, you know, meeting. Um, the you know the other um, draftees parents because just think they have similar stories we share similar stories um, we made a connection so I was able to connect with some of the other draftees parents so we can um, you know build a, a strong relationship and make a connection um, I, and also I was very grateful to learn which I didn't even know this existed but the NFL has a parent. Players Association, so you know me. I'm about to be involved with that. You guys know me.
0: You already paid your dues, right?
4: (laughs) Yes. So I'm. I plan to be very active with the NFL Parents Association. Um, I'm also excited about working with the the Cardinals organization and doing community service with them, Um, and just putting our um, the Paris Johnson Jr. Foundation and the Ohio State Buckeye flag in Phoenix, Arizona, and so I'm just excited about serving the people in Phoenix now and just really helping um, the Cardinals organization in any way that I can, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I love to serve. I love to give back. I love to love one people, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing that. Um, I've already reached out to um, the Buckeye um, Phoenix Alumni Club, um, I've already reached out to those individuals to say, hey, we're in your city. Um, let's connect. Let's do some things together. So I'm I'm just, I'm excited about those things.
2: Yeah, it's a huge chapter, man. <laughs> I mean, a lot, yeah. a lot, of, pe- a lot of snowbirds uh, flew, you know, flew, flew yeah. to Phoenix, flown to Arizona. Area. By the way, it sounds like you're moving to to the Phoenix area, right? Poor Sydney. I mean, where's she going to?
4: Well we're, well, we're blessed because, first of all, we're going to always be Buckeyes. So we are Buckeyes. So we're going to have our family home. We'll, we'll remain in Ohio, but we're going to re- relocate our home to Columbus. So we'll be in Columbus. Gotcha. Sydney will be Yeah, so Sydney will be at Ohio State in the fall. You guys will see her around because she'll be working with football. She'll be working within, um, within Gene Smith's office because Sydney wants to go in this crazy business of ours. I don't know why, but she does. So she yeah. <laughs> wants to go and exercise science, sports medicine. So she would love to be in um a physician for um, for athletes. Wow. So I, again, so Sydney wants to join this crazy world. I don't know why. Wow. Um, so, so Sydney will be around. I'll be around. My husband will be around. And then we'll just have like a, a second place in Phoenix. And so we'll just kind of travel back and forth between Columbus and Phoenix, but Ohio will always be home. Ohio has a special place in our family heart, so we won't be removed. So Paris will be around in the off season. So you all Buckeye Nation will still see Paris, um, and so right now, I think he's at the Woody right now, so, oh. <laughs> so we, we love Ohio State, and so we'll still be at games, and we'll still be around, so we're not going anywhere. Gotcha.
2: By the way, make yeah. sure uh, that when you're looking for uh, a place for uh, yourself, but also for Paris out there, that it is air conditioning.
4: <laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah. When we left, Phoenix, as
2: John Cooper, the former Ohio State coach, once said, they said it's a gets up to 103 out here every day, and they say it's, it's a dry um, heat. It, Cooper it, said, it's well, a dry yeah. Heat. Uh, yeah, An oven's it's dry sweating. heat? But don't go sticking your head in it." <laughs>
4: yeah, it, like, like you're definitely hot. It's, it. I don't know how else to describe the heat. It's like a like an oven hot. Yes, you're not yes. sweating. It's not. There's no humidity, so it's not a bad hair day.
2: It's still but, hot, <laughs> But
4: it's, it's still, still hot. very hot. Yeah. Like when we left, I want to say Saturday. It was hundred and two. Wow, Saturday when we left Phoenix. Wow, that's crazy. Did it had not
2: even gotten <laughs> hot yet? Hey, it hasn't even gotten no. hot yet. Hey, what? are no. a quickie. Uh, the money Paris is going to get. You know when 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 he signs mm-hmm. his contract when it when or if he signs his contract. Now you know I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> that's life changing. You know. Uh, yes. How is he prepared? How how have y'all prepared? But I. How has he been prepared for that? Obviously, he's going to have people working with him. And the key yes. thing is having people around you you can trust. You know, that's Amen. the key. Uh, uh, but h- how is he prepared for just that aspect of it? Because it's it's hard for some people to wrap their head around because it is like hitting the lottery, you know, to a certain extent.
4: Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I think what has helped Paris is NIL. So um, going through the whole NIL process, that was a great introduction to Paris with the business side of football. And so Paris was very, um, I mean, very, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, in- intentional. we oh, not th- spending yeah. his money. Yeah. Very, yeah. So Paris, yeah. Um, so when he went through the NIL space, Paris was able to not only learn about contracts and about, um, time management, managing obligations along with classes and football, but the most important piece is that Paris learn how to manage and budget his money. And so, I believe he's going to be fine. Like you said, we have a, a great team of financial advisors around Paris that's that's helping him. Um, if anyone knows Paris, he. He is very tight. He does not like spending money. I
2: was <laughs> almost, almost interjecting a while ago. You're saying your son's a tightwad. Go ahead now. Yes. <laughs> <is.
4: laughs>
2: but you know what? Very. <laughs> That's the appreciation you get when you come from a situation where you didn't have. You know. And yes.
4: You, go yes. ahead. Though. And, yeah. And he it. like he values. He values. It. He understands. He. He, so he he gets it and again the NIL space was very helpful with him to get a sense of the value of money and where to put money what's what's truly needed and what a desire is and what is required um and, and and I know Paris would not mind me saying this but his NIL money he has not spent it yet the money is put away in a trust for him um he says I don't really need it um so that's how Paris thinks um so he he has a good head on his shoulders and so and my husband and I did a really great thorough job of making sure that we vetted people and making sure he has the right people around him to protect his money. And so I believe Paris is gonna be fine. And like I said, he does not like spending money.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Monica Daniels, boy, what a treat it's always been, Randy. I remember when you showed up at Pro Day and we ran into each other and you're trying to get yeah. across the field. And I said,
0: uh yeah. Well,
2: you're, you're, you Paris Johnson Jr.'s mom. Just walk on across there. Yes. It was like, yeah. And it was, it was like, and you are somebody. <laughs> so, right, 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 right. Anyway.
4: The red coats, the red
2: coats wouldn't let yeah, me the, do it. <laughs> uh, the red coats, man. You got to watch out for the red coats. Good thing they're not packed. That's all I got to say. But uh, Monica Daniels, thank you once again for joining the Tim May show again. It was, uh, thank you for it was a treat I well, once it. again. And uh, yeah, boy, I good, luck in, good luck in the future.
4: Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. And if I just can make one last request, of, um, is My Nation, please keep Paris in your prayers. If you can just keep him in your prayers, that he stay healthy and that, that God continue to put the right people around him. Because again, I want Paris just to grow as a good man and, and do good things in the community. So if you all could say a special prayer for my son, that would be great. And all our kids that just got drafted, if you can keep them all in your prayers, I will greatly appreciate it.
2: Always enjoy. Anytime I've bumped into, run into, and talked on the phone, talked to via Zoom, et cetera, with Monica Daniels. I'm uh, at she is, like I said, a delightful young lady. And uh, uh you can see why Paris Johnson Jr., one of the reasons why
3: Paris Johnson Jr. is the man he's turned out to be, right? Absolutely. The uh the apple does not fall far from the tree, I will say. Bingo That's on sure. that. Bingo. Uh That's
2: well said, sure. even though it was a cliche that you plucked from the top branch. Uh that's all right. let's let's move into this man I mean you know you cover recruiting Ohio State would you say Ohio State at this point in the 2024 recruiting cycle is getting it done how what what cliché would you use to describe where they are in the process headed toward that 2024 class
3: man how about full tilt boogie how's that for a for a cliche? that's not a cliché is it uh I feel like it could be used
2: as one. Yeah, it could be. From now on, it is a cliche, full tilt boogie. From it, it now on, that's what we're going to be singing or, or doing whenever
3: you're on. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, I mean, since March 8th, Ohio State has added, gosh, 10, 10-11 commits to their 2024 class. They now sit at 13 uh, with commitment of four-star running back Jordan Lyle over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much tim their their offensive class is done pretty much they have about at most three more pieces to add uh justin fry mike selenny and uh brian hartline and ryan day are looking for at least one offensive tackle to add to this 2024 class and then keenan bailey is looking to get one more tight end the coveted two tight end class is is going to happen hell or high water in the 2024 cycle so uh I think they're just a couple of pieces away from being done on, I mean, if they got two pieces today, as we record, as on May 1st, we record the shows live May 2nd, Ryan Day and his offensive staff could take a step back and be like, all right, we got every guy that we want and need. And now we have to evaluate to just make sure that this is who we want. And this is what we need. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of surreal because that was not the case in the 2023 cycle.
2: And meanwhile, Randy and his defensive staff, because you know he is the head coach, they've got to dive right
3: into it, right? All right? they got they still have some hay to get to the barn, correct? Oh, absolutely. They only have two commits on the defensive side of the ball, which is uh a little a little less than what you need to field a defense, I will say. It, it, well, let me ask you this:
2: is there a concern yeah. there that uh, d- you know who knows what the right and wrong timing is anymore with recruiting with a early signing. The, the real signing period in December and then the late signing period in February, but uh, are they behind the beam there? Or how would you describe it to folks?
3: I think it's just kind of the way of the beast, especially for the way Ohio State is, you know, it, it's a high octane offense where the spots are numbered. it's pretty much if you want to be a Buckeye and you want to be a part of this, if you want to go, if you're a quarterback and you want to go number two overall, if you're a wide receiver and you want to go in the first round, like we just had, or rather they just had, uh, you know, a few days ago, we're not holding spots. It's a come and get it. Whereas defensively, we, you know, you're still seeing Ohio state undergo this, this defensive turnaround. They're now going into year two with Jim Knowles and his staff and his system and his scheme. So when they host recruits on campus, you know, last, last fall and, you know, throughout the remainder of the 2023 cycle, they had to show Oklahoma State clips and be like, this is what you can do. And now it's scarlet and gray clips and they're getting the kids that they want in the building. It's just turning those visits into commitments. And, uh, you know, there are there are a couple of silent commits um, right now to Ohio State. But as far as, you know, kind of everyone has been so caught up in this recruiting, in this offensive recruiting run. The question that has always came to my mind first is, all right, well, when is this going to translate to the defensive side of the ball? And I think we're going to see that in July, you know, at the tail end of June, Ohio State will have. You know, major official visit weekends when, you know, the cream de la crop of the 2024 cycle and their families are all brought to Columbus on Ohio State's dime because that's how the official visits work. Um, and you will see some you'll see some decisions being made in the those last couple of weeks of June for these kids, July, August, and there might be some kids that go all the way to December, like, you know, we see every single cycle I just think when you look at it, you know, bare bones, when you think of Ohio State football right now, what do you think of? The offense. And so if you are a quarterback like Aaron Nolan, if you are a wide receiver like Jeremiah Smith, you're a running back like James Peoples, you want to be part of that. And you don't want to lose that spot because someone else took it. So I think that's why you see that, that, we saw that rush of so many commitments over the last, two months
2: okay you know people are going to look at this class right now this uh committed class of course nothing matters until you sign they see three running backs uh you know you know and the guy the guy we haven't even mentioned yet is sam williams dixon from uh from pickerington north who committed what the day of the spring game right yep and uh re-running backs in one class what do you do with those and i, I keep reminding people ladies and gentlemen they had what five running backs in their running back room at the beginning of the year last year i think it was five or at the beginning of preseason camp mm-hmm. i think that number is correct maybe four but uh you know and uh you know yeah, had travion henderson Mayan williams uh evan Pryor, and uh dallin hayden the freshman and yeah, so that's four and then boy you boy that's loaded they are loaded uh Next thing you know, they're playing Georgia in the national in the national championship semifinal. There, I'll put it that way. Covered my base there, and uh, suddenly what you what you see is Travion Henderson is not even dressed. Well, he's dressed, but he's not. You know, he's in his he's in his uh, jersey, but not his uniform because he got his foot operated on. Mike Williams can barely get going in that game because he's banged up. Uh, Dallin Hayden, the freshman, is playing Chip Trainum, who had. Gone to Arizona State to play linebacker, but then transferred back, excuse me, gone to Arizona State to play running back, transferred back to Ohio State to play linebacker, suddenly got boosted back to running back at Ohio State near the end of the season last year because they were running out of running backs. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Xavier Johnson is being uh, used in there, a wide receiver being used as running back against Georgia on some counts. And uh, tight ends are being stuck back there. And the bottom line is you can't have enough running backs. So do they keep all three of these before signing day? I think they probably do, right? They can put on the video, like you said, and show to people, hey, we may need four or five.
3: I think, yeah, to answer your question, yes. I do think Ohio State will sign all three of those running backs um, as it relates. They'll sign them in December. No sweat. Maybe some sweat. I don't know. I, I can't exactly predict the future that well. But I will say I feel pretty comfortable the, that Ohio State will sign all three of them. And, you know, taking three running backs in one recruiting class, that, that realistically only happens if you have something in your past that did not go the way, the you know, the way it wanted to. And you look at the 2023 class and there was no running back. Tony Alford and company, they didn't take a running back even though at one point they had Mark Fletcher from American Heritage teammate of Brandon Ennis who was a longtime Ohio State running back commit and then ultimately decided that he was going to go to Miami instead stay at home um which is good that that was I mean I'm not gonna say it was a good thing uh let me catch myself I'm not gonna say having a kid decommit is a good thing because it's never a good thing but it allows you know some time to really assess what you want, who you want. And with this 2024 class, you have James Peoples, who, even though he is, uh, he he lives in San Antonio, Texas, goes to Veterans Memorial High School, has roots in Cleveland and Youngstown. So right. it, it's essentially an in-state prospect that just happens to be, you know, a thousand miles away. And then you have uh, Sam Williams Dixon, who for most of his life has lived in columbus ohio he did live in millersburg for for a little while but transferred back to pickerington north back in the columbus area so that's two in-state kids at a position of dire need and then tony alford brian hartline and ryan day go down to saint thomas aquinas one of the most well-known high schools for as far as football production and uh, if i'm not mistaken i do believe that's where the bosa brothers played is that correct correct Ohio State has roots in that building. They have roots on that high school campus, and they go back down to South Florida and do what Ohio State does, and they pluck, they pluck a very talented prospect out of South Florida. As it relates to, I guess, their on-field capabilities and why three, I think it's important to look at the fact that, and, you know, talking to some sources in the building, Ohio State wanted to like, True running backs. You know what I mean? They wanted two true running backs where if they need someone to be a bell cow and, you know, get 10, 11 carries a game, they want two of them for this class. And that's what they get with James Peoples and Jordan Lyle. Sam Williams Dixon offers a a bit more positional versatility. I I watch his game and I think, man, he's a running back, but I'm going to name two wide receivers because of what they've done in this Ohio State offense. I watch him and I'm like, you know, what Xavier Johnson does, that's a lot what I could see Sam Williams Dixon doing. What Curtis Samuel did in that Ohio State offense, I could see them putting him, putting Sam Williams Dixon in, like in if, that similar like role. Like Evan Pryor. That's what they, had, they have in mind for Evan Pryor. Go ahead, then Exactly. Whereas in that 2021 20, class where they took two running backs with Evan Pryor and Travion Henderson um, – it, it was a it was a little bit more apparent that one was definitely going to be your bell cow, and one was going to be a little bit more of a you know, we're going to put you here and put you there and put you there. I kind of like though that they took two bell cows and still had another option because if there's one thing Ohio State and Ryan Day love, it's their weapons. The more they have, the better they feel. And uh, that's exactly what Tony Alford got for this running back haul in 2024. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We got to do something about that, uh, cliche bell cow though. Since a bell cow, a cow is, is a female, you know, that goes in and, and is milked every day.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: these are more like, uh, bulls <laughs> for one of another term. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, you know, be the bull of the backfield. There you go. And uh, there you there go. You I'm, I'm gonna work on uh, weaving that in as often as possible real quickly. Uh, uh matt uh the other thing is too uh you know you talked about the connections james peoples uh had had with ohio when you look at him, he's down there in the north of san antonio and why is he coming to ohio state and then you look at a couple of guys they picked up in the portal uh this this past week uh, uh which they wanted to go out and get a tackle from somewhere an offensive tackle because wow things just Look a little bit not desperate, maybe not the right word, but concerning at right yeah. tackle. Let's say that coming out of spring and again, what Josh Simmons, the kid out of uh, out of San Diego State, and the connection with Ohio State is Justin Fry uh, recruited him somewhat uh, when he was when Justin Fry was at UCLA, the offensive line coach, and they've stayed in touch obviously. And uh, Josh Simmons decided, hey, he's going to take his uh, he's going to take his uh, talents east northeast. And uh, boom, he's at Ohio State, a position need, right? And of course, Lorenzo Styles Jr., who uh, went to Notre Dame a couple of years ago, his brother Sonny Styles, uh, younger brother Sonny Styles, is going into his second year at Ohio State as a safety. And lo and behold, uh, their dad Lorenzo Styles Sr. Uh, of course played linebacker at Ohio State in the mid 1990s. Uh, so the connections boy they kind of come in handy sometimes right
3: yeah i mean i can remember you know first few weeks doing this job and it was you know trying to build up sources and everything like that and i would ask the question it's like well what's the most important thing in recruiting and it's relationships that's what it is you know you never know where a relationship when you're talking to a high school kid and his family will pay dividends down the road, you know, maybe their situation at the school that they went to doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden you have that relationship and relationships present opportunities. And that's exactly what you have with these two transfer additions for Ohio State. You know, regardless of, uh, you know, Josh Simmons being at San Diego State and there, there is there, I think you and I can both be honest with each other. There's some room for him to work. He is not yet an Ohio State offensive tackle. Um, but he has a relationship and trust Justin Fry to get to where not only he wants to be to where, but also to where Ohio State needs him to be. Yeah. Um, Then as it relates to Lorenzo Styles Jr., I can remember being on the sideline during pregame for Ohio State Notre Dame last year, having conversations with, at the time, the entire Letterman Row staff, and we were all just saying, man, it doesn't make any sense that he's on, that he's in the white and gold right now this doesn't yeah. make any sense to us and then here we go a few months down the road he's he's traded for his, his scarlet and gray probably where he should have been all along do you think
2: yeah yeah and, well
3: you know things happen for a
2: reason but not only that he not only is trading i mean he was a wide receiver at notre dame of some repute now he's going to play defensive back i mean there's a there's a chance there could be two styles starting or playing together in Ohio state defensive secondary. That's, that's very interesting to me.
3: How about you? It's a very stylish defense. I'll tell you that much. There you go. But, uh, but uh, yeah, as it, as it, as it relates to the, to the position I like that by the switch. way, I
2: like that by the way, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt because I I'm bad about interrupting just like I just did,
3: but I did like that. I had to sneak it in there. Um, but as it relates to the position switch, do you think someone's going to make the joke of, okay, everything that you did at Notre Dame, just do it backwards? Yeah. It's yeah. Something to think about.
2: Well, think about. all I know this, if he's at safety, if he ends up at a safety position, we'll, you know, we'll see where he ends up. You know, Stay deep, young man, stay deep. <laughs> that would be my call. But, uh, you know, you look at Tyler Buckner, what he started, I think he started at quarterback for uh, Notre Dame here against Ohio State last year. Now he's at Alabama where his offensive coordinator is now who was at Notre Dame i mean the world just keeps uh it's like a paint mixer anymore isn't it
3: yeah it's uh well to buckner's position as well notre dame brought in sam hartman from wake forest cuz yeah. they maybe they weren't too sure on on who they had at quarterback you know yeah so the transfer portal has just opened up college football to a whole entire new realm of something yeah
2: but it's funny. I mean, like, you know, a guy in your position, you know, which I, is in um, uh, mergers and acquisitions, which is what you're in, you know, recruiting, you know, recruiting. I mean, I don't know how these coaches, I don't know how they, you know, Mark Pantone and these guys, uh, the recruiting coordinator. Uh, I don't know how they just keep up with life from one day to the next. I mean, it's crazy college football anymore, the comings and goings, isn't it? I mean, even on a recruiting trail, you think you got a guy, then you don't. Then you think you don't got a guy. Then you do. Then you lose a guy and then you get him back two years later or a year later. I mean, uh, thanks to the portal. It's crazy. The amount of people, like you said, the relationships that not only are built, but are sustained. Right. And uh, and come in handy at that's, exactly that's... the right times. I mean, is can you imagine being in those positions?
3: No. And I, quite frankly, I don't ever want to be in that position, having to keep tabs on because also with that, now you have to have roster retention right so you gotta recruit them while they're there exactly and this just sounds like such a big headache like i I bet you somewhere inside the woody hayes athletic center is just a big old tub of advil or something you know yeah there would have to be there's so many headaches so many headaches trying to navigate through recruiting high school prospects looking at the transfer portal and then making sure that the guys that you did bring in from either the portal or from, you know, a high school program, that they're happy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, Ohio State's lost a few, just a handful of guys to the portal this year. Uh, so far, uh, you know, obviously it's over. The portal has closed, you know, I think, or is pretty close to closing. I'm, uh, I get the dates all mixed up in my head, but uh, you know, that's the one- yeah, but that's the one thing, you know, that, uh, uh, you this interesting is at least they put a little bit better, a little bit more of a time limit on it of when you can't jump in, jump out, and jump in again. And, uh, so this brought, brings a little bit of sanity to the month of May, right?
3: Absolutely. I just remember having some conversations with folks last December when signing day was happening, the portal opened, and there were bull practices all in the same like five days yeah and i i just remember having some conversations with folks and i being like like what do you do about this and they say just an iv of caffeine and just keep it going yeah and that's what they have to do that's what they have to do
2: and i like in ryan day's position is being standing in that cash machine on on uh the the ohio lottery you know i don't know if they still do that or not uh, where they just whirl stuff and you're trying to grab it and you know Boom, you might grab a 20 here and you might get a one over here. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, You never know what you're going to get sometimes. It's just a whirl, a whirling dervish. But uh, it is what it is. Hey, Matt, one last thing. You just got back from Kansas City, right? Were you there all weekend or uh, visiting a buddy of yours? Or did you all go down and partake any of the uh, draft atmosphere?
3: Yeah, I was uh, there visiting one of my good friends from college. He lives out there doing a grad school slash doctorate program. Uh, so I was like, oh, you know, seems like a good time. Take some PTO, go to Kansas City. We did check out the draft. Uh, didn't make it to the main area, like where the stage was and everything, because they had already reached capacity yeah. at like four o'clock central time. And the draft didn't start until I think it was six or seven central time, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, but Kansas City is a pretty cool spot. I'd never been there before. Great barbecue. I did know that the barbecue was a big thing, and there's some. I'm not doing free advertising, but there's a restaurant there that has the best burnt ends I've ever had in my life. What night.
4: is it?
2: I mean, uh, who for people who might get get to Kansas City one of these days? What's the name of it?
3: I want my royalties. I'm not okay. I'm not. You're not gonna name it. Yeah. No. Well, I want I want an NIL deal from this place before you go. I say what. It is.
2: Yeah, You got to get a steak when you're there, too, though, man. They've got, uh, I don't know what it is. You know, it's just, maybe it's just reputation. It makes a steak taste a little bit better, right? But uh, uh, yeah, they're well known for their cuts of meat. Let's put it that way, right?
3: But it was, it was great barbecue, great time. Always good seeing, you know, friends and things like that. So it was, it was some nice time away, but it's also good to be back.
2: Yeah, and I'll just use that as a cheesy uh as a cheesy cutaway here. It's always good to have you on the uh Tim May, the Tim May show, uh Matt Parker. And uh I appreciate your insights, especially on in the recruiting realm. By the way, what size class is Ohio State going to end up with, do you think, from a number standpoint?
0: Hmm. i Ryan Day, you know,
2: talked about this be- being a possibly, you know, near max capacity class, 25 names, maybe 24, 25. Do you think it'll get there?
3: I definitely think it'll get to twenty-five. I wouldn't be shocked if it if it goes to twenty-six. Yeah, gotcha. Oh. So it it'll be a big one to say. It'll the be least. A, it'll be a big one, ladies and gentlemen. Well,
2: there's uh, a that's not one. a cliche. That's uh that's just straight straight uh, stating facts. Matt Parker, thanks for joining the Tim May Show again, my man.
3: Thank you for
0: having me. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to. Fanduel.com slash on
1: three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. tennessee virginia and vermont call one 800 NextStep or text next step to in arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in connecticut 1-800-9 with it in indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ks gambling Help